Welcome into a very special edition of the Course of Life podcast. It's an emergency pod because we don't often get news of this gravity, but I swear, Mike, in the four or five year history of this podcast, when we started things in 2018, since then we've got the Tiger 2019 Masters, the COVID shutdown of golf, the live golf era, and now here we are at a day in 2023 when the PGA Tour and live golf are merging as one. What, what a run for us, first and foremost. Uh, I just want to point out that you missed Phil winning a major at 50. <laughs> yes, thank you. 51, <laughs> PGA Championship. Yeah, so um, I don't know what it is about us and what we brought to the game. But I think you hit on something before we hopped on it. It actually might be us that's really doing the growing of the game right now. We've, yes. we've been trying to figure out who's really growing the game and in what direction and with what intention, but I think we've stumbled upon that answer. Uh, regardless, we'll skip the BS. We're not here for U.S. Open preview quite yet. No, although it's no, next we're week. not there yet. Of course, it's because of what we all woke up to, which was tweets. Let's be honest. We woke up to the tweets and the breaking news headlines without any. I've still got whiplash. My neck still hurts from this morning. Um, quite a Twitter session. Just, that was a big I mean, one, Mike, because you, you know how big the story was by how long you stay for like your first period on social media after the news breaks. I had a good 30, 45 minutes where I was completely locked into the timeline, messages flying from the world of golf at this news, which came absolutely out of nowhere. Just, yeah, tell me about your initial reaction to a, to a headline that, you know, we joked about happening maybe years down the line, but it seemingly just came out of nowhere this morning. Yeah, it really kind of did. And I, uh, I learned about it thanks to a text from you, actually. I was uh, at work and, and in came this text. And it was, I just kind of looked at my phone and saw it and went, no. <laughs> it was just kind of complete shock that we've done, Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour uh, has done a complete and utter 180. Oh, yeah. And decided that uh, morals be damned, we're taking the cash. And we're getting the lawsuits off the books because I think that's a big part of it, too. No one wants to look inside the inner workings of the PGA Tour and the public investment fund. Mm. And so we're just going to go ahead and do this and we're going to make this happen. And in the kindest light, as we've seen from some people say, uh, Jay Monahan is a genius. He made the lawsuits go away and he made Live Golf go away and he got paid a boatload of money to do it. But in the most realistic case, Jay Monahan is an idiot and a hypocrite. Yeah, those are the two words that are coming in. Hypocrite. It with a capital H as well. Yep. This was the same commissioner who a year ago was fighting back tears on the broadcast airwaves with Jim Nance, summoning friends of his who are 9-11 victims and guilt-tripping yeah. people in to even thinking that Live Golf was an idea. And a year later, he's shaking hands and doing business with those same enemies he deemed a year ago. The irony let at last year's RBC Canadian Open, he said, have you ever needed to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? And now a year later, he's needing to stand in front of these players and, and take crap. To because, and apologize to the members of the PGA Tour. Exactly. <laughs> and apologize. And now all these players realistically need to apologize for being members of the Tour because they're going to be getting money directly from the public investment fund that will become the exclusive investor in this new yet to be named company. It's, it's just, and, and his, his, his answers to being a hypocrite sound exactly like everything we heard from DJ and Phil and Brooks. Let's sat up there and took the same questions about how can you take money from nine 11 hijacker countries? And we're hearing the same thing now out of Jay Monahan. 
Yep, deflect, deflect, back to the bigger picture, innovate this. It's amazing. He was putting the words innovation behind Live Golf, sitting next to the new chairman of the board from the PIF. Just an unreal sight there. Let's get into that player aspect. Tuesday evening, there was a player meeting. We're going to get more things spelling out from that as the days go on. But let's just lay our conjecture into what that meeting looked like. I can only imagine, we're, from what we're seeing in tweets, 90%, Mike, I'm going to give you that number, 90% yeah. negative tone in that player meeting in the locker room for the participants of the Canadian Open, which include Rory McIlroy, who's in there as well. Good Lord, Mike, can you only imagine what Rory maybe had to say to Commissioner Jay Monahan in that meeting? You know, I wonder, you know, we're not hearing a lot yet out of, out of Roy McIlroy, and I'm really curious what he's thinking from all this. Was he really blindsided like everyone else was, including, and I will say the one silver lining of all this is that Greg Norman appears to have been blindsided from this as well. And it appears his future is very <laughs> much in jeopardy as well, too, yes. as we talk now. Yes, but, I mean, it's to be a player here, to have this many people that seem to be unhappy with him, and also what we heard like, when they called for his ouster, players were standing and applauding to have that happen. So it is a question, can Jay Monahan be removed as commissioner of the PGA Tour? And with that, keep in mind, this deal is a framework, really handshake deal. Nothing is set in stone here. So this could not happen if he gets ousted. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because while the players may want to oust Monaghan, it actually could work against them in a weird way. I hadn't really thought about it like that. But yeah, a, a big contingent in favor of getting him out, which is, you know, shocking with the way everything go has gone down in the future. We talked about Greg Norman. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room right here and, and the, the money talking for Jay Monaghan. That, that's continually what it, what it came back to. And, and that's the bottom line here is we were, we always wondered what the power of this Saudi money, money was for years. We knew that it could just fund the fun little live tour and the live court could just keep going and not make any profit, but they've got the money to just shell over. But we weren't sure exactly what impact they could have on moving into the PJ Tours ground. They've done that in no time. Yeah, not only that, they got the DP World Tour as a part of it. So, yep. and 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 Monahan said during their their long thirty minute interview on CNBC this morning, he said that they hope to bring the LPGA in on this too. He made a comment about growing the women's game in the LPGA which is going to be interesting there as yeah. well to it's bring like them we're, in. We're rooting for that really loudly, <laughs> but on the other hand, we're like, oh, that way though? Hmm. I don't you know. know. I, I think I the LPGA ask personally can do it on its own. That's my real yes. opinion, but yes. I, I, it would be interesting to see. I do want to ask the question though, with, with all the stupid money now being thrown around, yeah. is this about a game the players love and the fans love, or is this about the money? What is what is why do you play the game of golf now? Because even watching the game, it's going to be different because, you know, there's stupid money being thrown around. Their whole reason that I think also made me dislike the idea of live was that it changed the model from playing to win and be rewarded for winning to being paid up front and then going out and hoping you perform. But if you don't, it's OK. You're getting paid anyway. Yeah. The juxtaposition in golf that we always love and find fascinating is that there is no guaranteed pay for PGA Tour players. However, the pay was exorbitant. So it's that mm -hmm. feast or famine moment for player 125 versus player number one, which has always been a storyline for golf fans who follow the game to any degree. 
that is really going away. You know, the PGA Tour already made measures and say, you know, everyone who shows up for PGA Tour events getting five, ten grand a week, just no matter what, no matter what happens. So they were already doing those those guaranteed rate things, and it's just a fascinating part of the sport that's definitely going away with the money being thrown around. Um, let's talk about uh, we got to get to our, our boy Phil. You mentioned him at the top. And now I, I have to think, Mike, let, let's let, let's take a moment now and, and laugh a little bit because that boy, Phil Mickelson, he was he was pretty off his rocker throughout this entire journey. But boy, is he brushing the dirt off his shoulders right now because hashtag Phil was right is alive and well here in, in, in major championship season right now. Uh, Phil definitely taking a little bit of a victory rap uh, watching this news unfold. Yeah, you know, Phil is uh, our generation, Greg Norman. Let's call it that way for reals. Greg Norman created the World Golf Classics that became an integral part of the PGA Tour is what gave stupid money to Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson during their time when they were winning these events. And I think it's also kind of fitting that the same year that the last World Golf Classic event occurred, being your Dell match play, is also now when Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson and this new Live League that was here to disrupt the game gets folded into the PGA Tour. At least that's what it – we'll see what really happens. So the the – it's just an interesting kind of poetic storyline to a certain extent. I don't know if poetic's the right word, but yeah. just the way it's happening. Um, but yeah, Phil is certainly sitting on his high horse here. Uh, he got paid a boatload of cash to to be a pain in the ass to everyone, and now he gets to come back to the PGA Tour with his head held high. The question is, and I, I've heard, seen this maybe once or twice being kicked around, that the path back to the Tour for a lot of these live guys could include substantial fines that wipe out their live contracts. Man, I have a hard time believing it's more yeah. than low seven-digit fines. I can't yeah. imagine it being more than five to ten million. I really can't. I don't know. I don't know if you can really hand out a fine of that weight based on what they've done for well, about a year or two. I mean, it at least for the guys that are still card-carrying members. For those that gave up their membership, I don't think there will be a fine. They just need a play back into the tour. It'd be great to see guys like DJ playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, trying to make their way back. <laughs> there, all right. This, these are the fun thoughts we can get to. Corn Ferry Fields could be just mm. unreal in the, in, the, in the months to come. I mean, I, I think it, I think it would be interesting. I don't remember if we've talked about this in the past, or I remember maybe hearing about this or we talked about this, about using the Corn Ferry Tour or having these other kind of league events that you have to play into every year. I think we've seen this kind of shaping anyway. I don't think they should be no-cut events still, but have that kind of multi-tier system within the elite players where you have to earn that status to play there for a year, and then you can regulate it. So it's very, you know, European Premier League set up oh, sort of thing. Relegation, got you. Okay. Relegation. Yeah, I I, that that yeah. would be really interesting to see that now play out, and it could be a way to help kind of boost some more events, those kind of marquee designated events that we're going to have and make them that more premier style, which I think is what they're doing anyway, but to make it even more embedded and more built. But the new designated events don't have cuts, and they need to have cuts. Because mm. it's not golf if you don't have to play your way into the weekend. True. So I, there is a flip I'm thinking about. I'm thinking that we could have two kind of schedules going on throughout the year in years to come where we could have an individual golf tournament schedule going out and we could also have a schedule of team tournaments like are currently going on on the live tour. I, th- I think the live term live tour is going to go away eventually, but regardless mm-hmm. of this new merge tour, we could have a 10 to 12 event series where it's all four man teams 
four-man teams that are drafted at the beginning of the season by the top 12 players in the world, each picking people that they want for that season. And those 48 could get in there, and there could be a qualification process for the guys 49 to 150 to potentially get into that top 48. That could be a new prize number and a way to work live format in along with the PGA Tour format. Um, so, yeah, there's all sorts of fascinating ideas that are ringing through like that right now. I don't know. What, what else were you thinking off the top of your head? I, I mean, I'm just thinking about who's going to lead the PGA Tour after Jay Monahan is fired. So mm, maybe Rory. Next commissioner? Do you want to do it? Is next that the article I need to write next week? The odds of the I mean, PGA uh, Tour commissioner? I'm more than willing to take up the mantle here. I know I'm just a casual fan with a podcast, but uh, you I got know, a name for you. How I'd... about Eldrick Woods? How about that? Mm, he's looking for something to do. He can't play as well as he used to. <laughs> I've seen crazier things happen. So yeah, you never know. But it's it's funny because I, I just wanted to bring him up real quick because if you remember, Tiger Woods took a nice, real hard, defined stance, and as the father in the clubhouse at those events, he said for players not to join the Live Tour in, in so many words. He didn't say it directly, but he was very much against the idea of it. I don't see Papa Tiger taking a lot of backlash today, but it's just it's worth noting that he was part of that trickle effect of keeping all these top players here. And now guys like Rory, JT Spieth, you wonder how much regret there is there. I'm very curious to see what their first reactions are going to be in public too. Yeah, you, you got to think that it just – these guys that were out there for the last two years just railing against Liv and saying no to the money, the betrayal, again, the, again that hypocrisy from Jay Monahan, the betrayal of everything they did is just horrific to me. I don't know how, I mean, well, maybe the players just shouldn't play this week. Right. Uh, someone on Twitter suggested Jay Monahan cut Rory a check for $1 billion and write a five-page single-spaced apology yeah. letter made to the public. How's that sound? That, I, that's, that I saw that. I saw it. I think it's not bad. I was, I was talking to my wife about all this, and she's like, can the players strike? I was like, well, it's not set up that way, but they could not play. They could. Very easily, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. And that, that, that brings me to kind of my final thought in all of this. Because we heard this narrative time and time again, which is why this decision of the PGA Tour lid merger is so shocking to everyone, Mike. We always knew the PGA Tour as a player-run organization. There is a player advisory board that takes nom a nomination process to get onto that they take very seriously out there. Week in and week out, guys like Rory were pouring their heart and their soul into these business meetings outside the golf course to try and make the game and the product of the tour overall a better thing. A player-run league, and now all of a sudden under closed doors, we hear five to six individuals, maybe seven at most, carve out a deal in secret to change the face of the game and the tour. Uh, hypocrisy at its finest was on display with this entire process. Yeah, it seems that we went ahead and dismissed the legacy of the PGA Tour and the game of golf in one failed swoop here. And I, I think that's what, what hurts the most. Like I said before, is this for the love of the game or is this for the money? And it, it feels like it's for the money. And that's what that's what really stings. Am I going to keep watching golf and professional golf? Yeah. But is that maybe going to change how we talk about the game on this podcast? We'll see if it affects how guys play out there. And that'll dictate. It could. Absolutely. My final random thought, like you mentioned a little earlier, can we bring back the Dell match play now? Come on, guys. Yes. Let's, let's drop the act. Okay. Let, let's, let's reintroduce let's it, these world formats. Let's make it a match play team event where the teams play 
and we go. Uh, yeah, do it, do it like that. Let's do that sort of thing for it. Now we're cooking with oil it. right here. I love it. Good stuff. All right, that's the quick emergency pod for just the uh, first breath thoughts on this whole merger. Uh, tune into the Course Life podcast not only this week but in the weeks to come. Uh, we're going to have a whole lot more reaction as this all unfolds. It's all new to a lot of us, but. It's a groundbreaking moment in the history of the game, so we're glad that you are all here for it. Uh, from Michael, I'm Alex. Thanks for tuning in.